What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always. And this episode is going to be a Miami Heat versus Celtics Game 1 reaction pod. Um, obviously, the game is tonight for the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics Game 2. I was just, I guess, me and the betting world and Celtics world and I guess everyone else outside of Miami Heat uh, fan base and and the team itself thought that this game one was going to be a Celtics win, right? Nothing too crazy. Maybe it would have been a tight game, obviously, because we know the Heat played tough for 48 minutes. Um, obviously, you have Jimmy Butler, who pretty much gets to his spots every night, and he has looked like probably the second or third best player in the playoffs uh, so far this postseason. But, you know, I was obviously wrong from game one with the Heat, but there's a problem with this game, you know, and all credit to the Heat. They come in here, they take another game one, and they won it in a way that I was labeling the Heat as a threat to every team on either conference in these playoffs. And that's obviously the shot making. Like, and and that's and that's credit to they were on fire, right? Like they were not missing from three, but the Celtics are also weren't defending the three-point line. And everyone's gonna highlight the the third quarter, rightfully so. The Heat score 46 points, 66.7% from three. They go 65.4% from the field. And like I said, 46 points in that third quarter. That was a huge just take your foot off the gas disrespect the competition lack of effort third quarter for the Celtics that really just ruined the game for them down the stretch you know and this was a game that started off really tight and it looked to me like and I was telling I was watching this with a couple of of heat friends of mine uh, that they came over to watch the game they were just you know I I thought that this was gonna be a, a very scary game for Boston from the jump um, just just from the opening tip, right? Like the first couple of plays, you know, the way that it was, the way that it started off, it let me know that the Celtics approached this game in a way that, that they can't afford to, you know? They played this game not to lose. I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone out there, but there's a difference when you're playing a game to win and when you're playing a game not to lose, right? Like it sounds stupid, it sounds simple, Maybe it sounds like it doesn't even make sense, but when you're playing not to lose, you're you're just more so like afraid of that outcome instead of approaching the game like no, this is our like this is game 1 at home. We're winning this game no matter what. That was the energy from the Miami Heat from start to finish. They never took their foot off the gas. They had some lapses, but that's going to happen when you have a limited uh, just talent pool on your team, but the Heat just—they just stay strong. You get an—you get an amazing four quarters from Jimmy Butler. He goes twelve for twenty-five from the field, two for four from three. He's nine for ten from the free throw line. It's a thirty-five point game. He had six steals in this game, seven assists. Just—I mean—he was all over the place in this game, and he's been like this pretty much all postseason, except for obviously some tough lack of spacing in that series against the New York Knicks but in this in this series I am just so disappointed in game one for the like in the Celtics in that game one and it's just 
like you have to make a decision when you're a coaching staff, when you're a team, are you going to let Jimmy Butler cook or are you going to, and, and are you just going to stay home on the role guys? Or are you going to obviously cheat and help on Jimmy Butler possessions and then just kind of let the other guys kill you? Neither of these things were done in this game. The Celtics weren't even really like they had some good defensive possessions, but it was more of just the Heat missing a couple of shots before they ultimately just got on fire and the Celtics continuing to just I don't I don't understand why I'm seeing the Celtics double Jimmy Butler. Like if you're not going to if you're not going to stop Jimmy, then what's the point? The Celtics are doubling Jimmy Butler. They're fouling Jimmy Butler. They're showing so much attention and rightfully so because he's the best player on the Miami Heat, but remember that the majority of his points are from inside the arc, meaning they're all worth twos, right? They're all worth two points. And yes, he will knock down a couple of threes. We've seen it already in the playoffs. He has the ability to knock those threes down. But again, this guy mainly operates within that two-point range. So it's like, let him get his twos. If he's going to drop 50 on twos, so be it. Your team is more than capable of scoring. You are the number two up until about a couple of nights ago. I'm not sure where the rankings are right now for the playoffs, but they were the number, the Celtics were the number two team in offensive rating. This is a team that can rain threes on you. They can get to the basket at will. They can create shots out of nothing because of their two wings in in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So offense for offense, the Celtics should win this battle. But obviously, if you're doubling Jimmy and you're cheating off of their shooters, you're leaving wide open streaky shooters from three. And and if you haven't been watching the Heat this postseason, except for that Knicks series where there was a lot of ugly shooting nights, for the most part, if you leave Max Struess open, he's going to shoot a percentage like that. He was three for five in this game from three. That's 60%. Gabe Vincent, three for five from three. Caleb Martin, three for seven. Kyle Lowry, three for five. You have uh, Kevin Love, two for three, and Jimmy Butler, obviously, two for four. That's unacceptable if you're if you're the opposing defense. How are you giving up 54% from the field and 51.6% from three? That's like, that's like a team not even playing defense. So that's the part that that's really... I mean, I don't... I would say this, right? Like, this was a close game. Right, and it got out of hand for the Celtics a little bit. This game ends 116 to 123. Um, but again, it was a close game that slipped away from the Celtics, and the Heat shot outrageously well from three, and they shot incredibly well from the field. So it's like if 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 the, the Heat shot damn near perfect in this game, and it was this close, that's the only positive note that I would say these Celtics can take from losing a game one at home and losing home court advantage this early in this in this what looks to be a long series against the heat right like this is this is a team that's going to come at you and they're not going to stop they're not going to give up on possessions they're going to play hard for 48 minutes whether their shots are falling or not this is not a team that gets demoralized the celtics just not as mentally tough as the Heat are, and I I suspect that the the Celtics I expect them to win Game Two, and I expect them to win Game Two convincingly. I think that if I don't see some urgency in this Game Two, I don't know if I swap my pick for who's coming out of this Eastern Conference uh, Finals series. Like 
in, I mean, I, no matter. And, and it's crazy because even if the Celtics lose game two, you always just think, man, like, like the, the talent at some point has to show up and take a series, right? Like, but, but, you know, against the Heat, anything can happen. I will say again, you know, just my philosophy in this type of series, don't leave these streaky three-point shooters open because they have plenty of guys that they're going to trust to knock down wide open threes if you're doubling. If you double Bam, there's going to be some open shooters. If you double Jimmy Butler, you're leaving shooters open and the Heat move the ball so well. They're so well coached. They will catch mistakes and they're going to take advantage of them. That's exactly what the Heat did and the Celtics collapsed. You know, you get a you get a, a fourth quarter from Jason Tatum that everyone's talking about, obviously, right? No shots attempted in this fourth quarter. That is outrageous, you know? And people want to say, oh, well, you got to blame Masula for not not um, not making, not like, not calling some actions to get Tatum the ball. I don't want to hear any of that stuff. Like, Tatum, you're the guy on your team, right? You are supposedly the player on this team, the go-to guy. You take that ball, you ask for it, and it will be given to you. Okay, so I don't know how this happens. Obviously, he does get to the line, you know, six for six from the free throw line in that fourth quarter. But again, zero shot attempts, that's not, you know, that's not something that you want to see in a whole fourth quarter from your best player. And you know what? Like, I just, I just, I have a feeling, like I said, that the Celtics just, they, they it's like they, they think that they can just show up and and I, and I still don't understand why that's the thought process. At least that's what it looks like when I'm watching these guys. Like, they just look so, so lax, like just so chill. They were playing just really slow for what they typically like to play. And and I didn't like that approach. Like I said, they, they, they seemed like they were playing not to lose instead of taking charge and just trying to just take this win, right? Like it just... To me, the Heat looked more focused. The Heat looked more confident. The Heat looked more assertive, more aggressive, just ready for this game one. And and the Celtics just they just they played like scared. Like they they it's almost like they respect the Heat, I guess. Like I know it kind of contradicts what I'm saying because I said they kind of looked a little lax, but it's almost like they were playing so cautious, right? Because they know that the Heat are gonna cause a lot of turnovers. And the Celtics are known for for just having so many turnovers over the course of a game that that's going to give the Heat some momentum. That's how you give the Heat some extra points, right? You turn that over, the Heat are down the court looking for something, right, to happen because that's just that's just some other opportunities for the Heat to score is turning defense into offense. So, you know, I guess the Celtics probably just overly respected the Miami Heat and played slow to the Miami Heat's benefit, right? Because we know the Heat were not... They were bottom in pace. I said that all postseason long. I've said that during the regular season. And you're basically playing the way they want to play you. If I'm the Celtics, you can play slow. It's fine. But there has to be more discipline defensively. You cannot allow three-point shooting like this, man. You, you just can't. You know, and what's crazy is when you look at the totals for this game, it's not like the Celtics played bad, right? They got efficient three-point shooting for the most part, right? They shot league average, right? It's not like they didn't have a bad shooting night. They didn't have a great shooting night, but they were fine. They shot 34 and a half 
percent from three that's league average as a team you're looking at jason tatum he has 30 points right nine for 17 that's 52.9 percent which is very efficient it's it's a it's an amazing percentage to shoot from the field one for three from three that's fine he was 11 for 11 from the free throw line if you're just looking at this box score you're thinking man tatum did it all you know, when you look at the final box score, you see Al Horford three for eight from the field, which is not great, but it's not bad. Uh, one for five from three. The shooting struggles continue for him. You know, um, you're looking at Robert Williams, six for six from the field. He did his thing, right? He grabbed some boards. He got a block. He put up 14 points. Like that's that's what you're going to get out of him for the most part. You have Jalen Brown. He was very aggressive in this game. He, It looked like he wanted it more than Tatum did, right? Yet it was inefficient for him though. One for six from three. You have 10 for 21 from the field. He gives you 22 points, but it's pretty inefficient. 22 points. You get a Marcus Smart. That was actually efficient. And I don't know. You know, I mean, he's he was great playmaking. Like he, everything was kind of happening for the Celtics. Malcolm Brogdon was excellent from three he was he almost couldn't miss he was he shot two for four from three he shot seven for 14 from the field like he 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 gave you 19 of the most efficient points you could get right you get a great Derek white game he shot 60 percent from three four for six from the field so you got contribution all around you i just don't understand why why tatum just disappears at the end of that game, you know, uh, we could talk about maybe he's just, he, he wants to kind of, I don't know, come off the ball. I have a feeling that he, when they start possessions on offense and he isn't involved right away, it's like he just, I don't know. It's like he takes himself out of the play completely, just out of that possession. And he just kind of watches the rest of the Celtics try to make something happen. That can't happen. You know, we need dribble handoff actions with Jason Tatum. We need some ball screens with Jason Tatum. Where was the Tatum that we saw in that game seven? Where was the Tatum that we saw in, in the fourth quarter of game six against the Sixers, right? Like, like we need him to, to show up if we want this to be a good series for the Celtics. I would say this, man. Like, you know, even if the Celtics do win this game, the Miami Heat still feel good. You know, they have home court advantage now, right? They took it from the Celtics. The next two home games, obviously. The next two games are going to be in Miami, obviously, after game two. And the Celtics are, are just, again, you know, they're on the ropes again. You know, their backs are against the wall this early in a series against a team that's not going to stop coming at you. They're not going to stop grinding out these, these just minute for minute. They're going to make it tough on you, you know. But my formula for this series, it's pretty damn simple. Let Jimmy drop 50 on two-pointers. If he wants to do that, he's not going to win the games. He might win one game like that. You know, just a complete takeover offensively by Jimmy Butler. Maybe he wins a game like that. But that is not a sustainable way that the Heat are going to win this series. You know, you just have to let Jimmy cook. You have to let Jimmy cook. If you let the shooting around Jimmy show up, you're done. Because it puts a ton of pressure on the Celtics, who, yes, they can be just as elite from three, but you don't want to play that lottery game of whose threes are falling this like this game. You don't want to play that game. That's a very risky game that in today's NBA can be won by anybody. You know, and, and, and the Heat, they don't have slouches in terms of shooters. These shooters have proven that when they see one shot fall, it's going to be a long night 
for the opposing defense because these guys, their confidence is sky high when they see one bucket fall. So I'm the Celtics. I'm not turning this into a three-point contest. I am staying home on these shooters. If Bam is dominating inside, it is what it is, right? We have Rob Williams. Rob Williams has to hold his own. We have Al Horford. Al Horford has to hold his own. If we're playing, if the Celtics are playing small, then the Celtics have to just live with what you're giving up, right? If you overhelp on defense, the Heat are way too well coached and too aware and, and will make that extra pass and they will make the Celtics pay. You cannot gamble with open threes. I am just so against the philosophy of, of making a guy beat you from three if he is a proven three-point shooter. Right, like, like if you want to do that to Josh Okoge on the Phoenix Suns, you're gonna win that gamble. You want to do that to Landry Shamit, you lost that gamble in one game, but for the most part, you're gonna win that gamble. So it's like you have to know the personnel that you're gonna cheat off of. You can't leave Max Struess open. You cannot help on defense if your man is Max Struess. You can't help if your man is is Gabe Vincent. You can't help if your man is Caleb Martin. Like, I'm not saying these guys, like Caleb Martin is an elite shooter, um, but they've proven that they're going to knock those shots down. Kyle Lowry, for all the slander, all the hate that that he got up and down the last couple of years with Miami, he's showing up and he's knocking down shots. Like, if you want to kind of cheat early in the game and you see a shot fall or you see they're actually knocking down shots, that can't be your game plan for the rest of the 48 minutes of that game, right? Like... I guess if you want to cheat over and do some help defense off of those shooters and they're missing, you can keep running that gamble, but you cannot do it if you're seeing shots falling. You can't do it. You can't do it. That's that's a recipe for disaster. And that's basically making this a lottery game of, okay, let's just see who's who's hot tonight, right? Celtics or heat. And that's that's just that's just you can't leave that. You you can't leave it to a numbers game. When you're playing this 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 hard of a playoff series, you have to play to your strengths and you have to play to your opponent's weaknesses. Just find out how much Jimmy has in him to win the game on his own, right? Like you can definitely stay home on everyone else. The Celtics are more than capable to do it defensively. I expect them to win this game. I don't think that the Heat have a second game to win on the road in a row. I don't think they have that in them. It could be me just hating. Maybe I'm wrong, but winning again in Boston would be huge for the Miami Heat. And honestly, I mean, the pressure would be just immense on the Celtics. If anyone can do it, obviously, the Celtics have shown that they can win on the road multiple times. And so have the Heat, obviously. So this is looking like it's going to go seven, um, you know, and, and maybe we're wrong. Maybe it was just a fluke, right? The Celtics just kind of not showing up in the first game, and then maybe they just get into they just take control of the series throughout um i don't know this looks like a back and forth series to me this looks like it's gonna go the distance and i got celtics winning in game two i'm gonna give my lakers nuggets reaction over the weekend uh before that game starts tomorrow for the lakers and nuggets i will do my just reaction of game two and also previewing game three for that nuggets lakers game that's gonna do it for this one this is the all things basketball podcast I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.